Welcome to the first Amazing Race Canada recap episode of the UR Team Number Podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the guy who wears matching tights with his best friend, Logan Saunders. Evening. You can tweet hey. your using the hashtag. Excuse yeah, me. Excuse me. There's, oh, there's someone else here. I need an introduction. Who's, who's that dulcet tone? It's like, <laughs> hello, I am star over here, and you forgot what you Damn. We need introductions. To be fair, it has been so long since I've heard those voices. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talk to us every single day, though, Michael. You must write in our messenger, my God, at least once an hour. <laughs> Maybe over the past 24 hours since I've watched this episode, but I believe the exact quote was, oh, God, oh, God, what has I done? What's my name? Come on, say our name. <laughs> Yeah, sporadically during the season, Michelle and Aiden will be joining us as well. Surprise. Oh, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. And you can tweet us using the hashtag Yattencast or directly to us at Yattencast now. Or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. And as you may have guessed from what I've just said, seriously, this episode, just what? It was good, it was good for me. And Mike, Michael didn't like it. It actually could not have gone any worse for me. Well, that's only because of your predictions didn't work out. Yeah. The worst team in Amazing Race Canada history winning the first leg. Thankfully, not a double express. Hey, why do you hate that so much in personal level? It's like, it's like they've done something <laughs> wrong. They're, past, they're but... obviously not the worst team because they came first. Basically, they just have a terrible, terrible bio and they completely and utterly try masquerade as being heroes, yet they're so slimy and awful people. <clears throat> That, you know, every single banner that involves them will have their faces blurred out because that's going to be hilarious fun. They are worse than Voldemort, and I have come up with a nickname since our cast preview podcast, Michael, and their official nickname that I'm proposing is Volda Mussolini. Are you guys talking about Harry Potter? <laughs> yes, we are. Ah, babe. Again. So the mighty St. Lawrence River holds the jewel of French Canada, Quebec City. Where the start line for this leg of the race, all this race is? Like every single season, there must be um, some kind of a race in Quebec. What's so special about Quebec, anyway? It's like a bunch of... The fact that it's French-speaking? That's all. They don't speak French in this episode. I didn't, I didn't recognize any French. I have, I have heard Italian, though. And continuing the badass methods of uh, getting to the start line, we get horse-drawn carriages. Not sponsored by Chevrolet? No. Because we we had the jet boats in season one, we had the uh, ice explorers, which are very cool. I went on one last year, uh, last season, and now the whole strong carriages. And next season, I hear it'll be segways. <laughs> I would love to see just twenty four segways, sort of lighting up. And we get quick introductions to all the teams. So Neil and Kristen are obviously about the CFL. Dijon and Leilani are about dancing and fighting in that order. And there's no chance of reconciliation. Gino and Jesse are the worst. My dad was actually making fun of their intro. It's the first episode of Amazing Race that he's seen since, like, season 10 or 11. I don't know why he decided to watch it uh, last night. But uh, I guess Jesse's a steel worker and that Gino works for the city and they both work hard. And then my father said, uh, if Gino works for the city, then there's no way he works hard at all. So <laughs> even my dad was, was, zinging, uh, was zinging them <laughs> right from the get-go. And as I said in their bio, not winning is a disappointment. Please, God, let them be a disappointment. And we have Max and Elias, with her being a girlfriend and babysitter. Dana and Amanda are outgoing, apparently. Oh, and very smart. They uh, they did state that as well. 
Yes, they are very smart, which hopefully <laughs> means that they will fail an intelligence test. <laughs> they were in this episode? Yeah. <laughs> we'll start calling them Purple Dana and Amanda, I think. And Simi and Opie are obviously from Nigeria and now Canadian, eh? Which did make me laugh. I was quite impressed. Uh, Susan and Sean Gisa are about to blow. Brent and Sean are full-on or irritating. And Nick and Sabrina are Italian. And their hobby is cuddling. As yes. we saw later in the episode. <laughs> now, as, they, as we saw before they even started, they ran to their bags and had a kiss before they started. Yeah. Did you not notice what happened when they checked in? Uh, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> they, they were hugging, so the raptor decided to hug John. <laughs> they love cuddling. <laughs> Which was just a, a great sight gag. Yeah. I knew Logan would spot. <laughs> exactly, it was, it was fantastic, and I think with the Supreme Court ruling in the United States a few weeks ago that, you know, the, the rainbow, the rainbow is going universal. I mean, even dinosaurs and human beings are uh, bridging their differences, so that's fantastic. And Nick and Matt wear matching tights. Brian and Cynthia are proud to be Canadian thanks to their army and police background. They're going to be so unbearable while they're still here, aren't they? Mm. <laughs> and Hamilton and Michaelia. As Eamon didn't know, uh, he's transitioning. I haven't sent you... Uh, Aaron's glorious predictions yet, Michelle, but they are pretty good. Because I cannot view all of the videos from the CTV website, so I tried to find the videos on YouTube, but they didn't upload that those videos on mm. YouTube. So just based on um, my predictions, based on how they post on their photos. So I look at their eyes, look how they pose, and I just give right away the predictions, whatever I felt about them. And yet you are in the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I have this gift. <laughs> I can I can tell your future just by looking at your photo. So now be selective if you want to upload a new photo on Facebook because I'm going to judge you based on how you post on Facebook. So given Michelle's voice today, we probably shouldn't see any more pictures from her. <laughs> that is why I block you. I block you on Facebook because I think you're a bad influence. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, right? Yeah. Okay, so continue, whatever you want. <laughs> And now the most important bit of the episode. The intro and who does head turns and who does full turns. You actually this you actually tally this up, Michael? Oh, damn right. I tally it up every season because it's always entertaining. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> we, we had Simi and Opie doing the full body turn and uh, Hamilton and Michaela, Brent and Sean and Max and Elias doing the head turn. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you remember uh, Charlotte and Nabila's badass head turn last year? Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, that was Fast. just intimidation. <laughs> this is why, because it's usually useless teams who do it, and it makes me laugh. And John's intro didn't even mention any international travel. What was hilarious about the intro is just with him revealing each prize and everyone getting increasingly more and more excited at the <laughs> upon hearing, like, oh, you know, there's going to be $250,000. Oh, you're going to earn these cars. Oh, you're going to earn infinite travel. And then it's just, it was just... uh just a bit unsettling with how excited they were that you thought they were just going to ejaculate all over the all over the pits to start. So, so yeah, it was a bit a bit much. It's still not as bad as uh, Jinder getting so excited over free petrol last year. <laughs> Most importantly, though, they do need to make Canada proud again. That is very important. Yeah. And teams must make their way to Key Twenty Two on foot to find their next clue. And once there, they must find the pair of bicycles that their clue unlocks, and then ride to the ferry to pick up a car. 
The cars are numbered, and the lower the number, the earlier the flight. Eight teams will be on the first flight, and that leaves an hour earlier than flight number two. Which was all pointless, because then it's just a huge equalizer, and everyone's in the same spot at the same time anyway. Yeah. I mean, the editing was that confusing that I didn't even write down who was on which flight. I had, like, half of them. But, yeah, I'm very glad that it didn't mean Jack Diddley Squat. Because it would have really annoyed me if I would have had to go back and work out who was on what flight. This task basically means nothing anyway, because the most crucial bit is Sean puking. You've gone too far. You haven't even addressed Sabrina before she even gets to the bikes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please. What she actually said, and I wrote it down, was, I didn't think it was going to be this bad at all. Now, let's just say she's only just left the start line. She hasn't even got to the first challenge. And she's saying it's bad. And I'm so tired. I mean, really, what what the hell is this woman doing on the race? I think Nick and Sabrina are going to be pretty hilarious. Entertaining, but she drives me crazy already. I, I, I just, I, I love them. I really do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is something that's going to divide us. <laughs> You mean like two of you guys picking Gino and Jesse to win? Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I didn't pick Gino and um, Gino and his brother. Thankfully, Eamon saw the light and didn't pick them to win. <laughs> I, I I picked Hamilton and Michaela. I refuse to pick them. They will be bottom of my power rankings every week that they're. I guess here, which I, hopefully will not you will have, be one more week. You have this um, hatred towards um, alpha males. No, I like alpha males generally. I love Jen Day, for example. Just Gino and Jesse are the worst. Because they just try and masquerade as being anything but what they are, basically. Pre-season, they were trying to claim every single place they've ever lived as being, like, Team Alberta, Team Mexico. And it's just like, oh, just get a life. Just admit that you're from Ontario and get on with it. So yeah, once teams get onto the ferry and find their cars, they must fly to Toronto and find the St. Lawrence Market. Once their BMO Les will hand them their next clue, because the hours of operation being 8 o'clock mean that the flight separation means absolutely nothing. And teams must now solve a word scramble to find the correct place in the market that their clue is hidden. Yay. Isn't this the worst idea for a task to have when there's 12 teams in a one-hour episode? You can't really do much with a word-on-scramble task. It doesn't make for riveting television when you have such limited time to begin with. What they should have done was made this a double battle, just because that would be hilarious. You mean a face-off, Michael? No, I mean a double battle. We're calling it the double battle, remember? We decided that on Sunday. And once teams get their clue from the butcher, they have to head to TSN Studios to find their next clue. Caution, James Duthie ahead. Oh, James Duthie, always trying to be the all-attention whore. When you were talking about about him on Sunday, did you know that he was in this leg, Logan? I heard that he probably was going to be a... At least the good thing about James Duffy appearing in the first episode is that, you know, you get to you get to essentially peel it off like a band-aid and that you don't have to put up with him for the rest of the season. Yeah, you know he's going to appear after like four and like eight, though, don't you? As, as a first mid-season recap, a second mid-season recap, and then he's going to host the, uh, the reunion. Are they going to really squeeze in three reunion shows this year? I wouldn't be surprised. And Brent and Sean are the only team who really have trouble getting to TSN. And they are quite aggressive, actually, towards their taxi driver. And once they get there, it's a roadblock, which is who's feeling sporty. 
one person must read a sports bulletin with the help of James Duthie, including Jesse looking at the right camera. Hint. And Jesse, Susan, Simi, Dijon, Neil, Elias, Brian, Nick, Dana, Hamilton, Matt, and Sean did this roadblock. With Jesse doing the roadblock, it really made me think of Team Rocket with the old intro- introduction, considering James, considering it was J- Jesse and James on the same stage. Thank you for that wonderful insight. <laughs> it, was, um, it was clever of Nick to actually look down at the paper and not keep looking at the uh, teleprompter. Actually, use a brain, which was clever. Italian Canadians are clever, Michelle. We're, we're all very <laughs> clever like that. We're always going to think outside the box. Um, some of some of them oh. didn't, though. But yeah, but he was good. <laughs> Nick was probably the MVP of uh, that task. They did get the jump on a lot of teams. And also they're not Gino and Jesse, who will never win uh, MVP of any task. And James Duthie's facial reactions. Discuss. And putting his head down on the table. That was good. I kind of like I, I kind of like this um, roadblock. Uh, it was pretty creative. Yeah, at least he was nice and snarky. Separated the teams. It was really good. But remember, Susan would rather take a put to the face and read these words out. And in a shocking turn of events, Neil has been to TSN before. And Do you know what the conspiracy theories would have been like if he finished the task first after working at TSN for years? Fans would have been so pissed off. You mean fans aren't already pissed off that number one, the double express pass is coming back, and two, international travel next week already? I haven't looked at the Facebook page yet, but I suspect that they are going to be the two major complaints. Yeah. And once teams complete the roadblock, they have to head to Atlantis and Ontario Place to find their next clue. Caution, Sabrina, water ahead. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina. And this is the second roadblock, which is now who's feeling sporty. And this roadblock, uh, the team member who sat out the previous roadblock must complete a three-part water obstacle course consisting of a cargo net, a diving board, and a rotating lock, which, of course, means that it's Gino, Sabrina, OP, Sean, Michaela, Amanda, Cynthia, Leilani, Nick, and Max doing the roadblock. Nick added an extra task for himself to that roadblock. What, climbing over Cynthia? Yes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So far, uh, Brent and Sean, why do they puke? I mean, It was nerves, I think. Because they are quite big super fans, I think. I thought so, it was because they saw Gino and Jesse on the boat. And also having to see Gino and Jesse up close. <laughs> oh, God. It's shocking. You're shocking, Michael. <laughs> I've probably got 12 weeks of Gino and Jesse jokes coming, let's be honest. Yeah, I think you do. Let's, let's hope they hear this podcast and then we can bring them to... <laughs> I don't care if they hear this podcast, we're never going to get an interview with them anyway. <laughs> that was my <laughs> rant in the preview. I would like to talk to um, Sabrina, though. Oh, yeah, Nick, Nick and Sabrina I love already. And... I can't ever talk to that woman. I can't talk to her. Oh, my already gosh. already Just... to me on Twitter. Really? Yeah, on Twitter and Facebook already. Because I'm fa- I'm I'm a fan gasming oval over them. Well, it's the Italian Canadian connection, Logan. It, it is really. It's a well, Italian. you know, Gino and Jesse were from the bad part of Italy, but uh, you know, uh, Nick and Sabrina and I, we, we have a, we have a special connection there. I just loved the fact that in their sort of pre-season thing, they he just started talking Italian and then go, oh yeah, sorry, not Italian, English. Are they both Italian though? Yeah, they're both Italian. He, They've both lived overseas. I think she's lived in the UK and France as well, I seem to remember. Um, but he is a former professional football player. Proper football, not 
Canadian or American football, and he played over there for a few years. And Sabrina stays home and bakes cookies. Oh. oh dear. That's, there's nothing they, wrong with baking cookies. Nothing wrong with it. But when she started doing the water challenge and she was standing at the side making crazy noises and I thought, okay, I'm going to try and put this in perspective. If I was standing there with a tub of cockroaches, I probably still wouldn't make those noises and still wouldn't go crazy. I'd probably just go into shock and not say anything and not do anything. Maybe but it's I just can't. I can't imagine doing anything like that. I just don't understand why she was so freaked out. To be fair to them, it was very high up. And if you've got a crippling fear of water, as both Nick and Sabrina do, that's why Sabrina... It actually worked out nicely for them, because Sabrina was going to do all the water challenges anyway. Oh, okay. I'd like to know what happened to them that made them afraid of water. Yeah, it's probably something like they've both nearly drowned or something. No, you have traumatised people, I guess. Yeah, they, there's some trauma in that backstory, I suspect. Or yeah. just always living in the city maybe, all their lives. Or, or maybe just they, they love to cuddle so much and then they cuddle in the bathroom and then they just fall out. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they drown what? in the bathtub from cuddling? Is that I know, what you're saying? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like um, she passed out and she doesn't want to do that anymore. And so confused. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Aim and Logic. Hope I struggle so much. Um, just stand in the the, uh, the dark floors. Yeah, because um, apparently they don't. They the way the way that I see it, they don't have any vast life vests with them. But when he jumped, apparently he can swim. Though I think I <laughs> I suspect there will have been some sort of buoyancy aid. They they were wearing a lot of padding. Yeah, I was panicked. I thought. There should be someone in the water, or he should be allowed to wear a life vest. I thought, I was panicked when he was going to jump in. I thought, there's nothing there for him. And, you know, I, I understand if you can't swim, I'm not, I'm not, you know, gonna go against you and have a go at you, but I was, I was literally scared and thought, where's, where is like the backup? Where's his backup? I'm pretty sure looking at their backs that they were wearing life vests. There would have been at least a buoyancy aid on them because they couldn't ever do a water challenge unless it was in a swimming pool really without a buoyancy aid. Because that would have been way too dangerous. Or maybe there's there's a rope underneath the water. I think think Opie went deepest, but he still came back up pretty quickly and I'm assuming that was because of a buoyancy aid. Also, we need to remember that Gino is completely fearless. He said it at the start of this task. So if he's ever scared of a task, I am going to mock him. <laughs> I'm sure you'll mock him anyway. Yeah, I, I really need a lot. <laughs> a ship has sailed, Michael. Edison, if you're listening again this year, if you have anything on Gino and Jesse, please put it in the episodes that I can mock, because I just want to be ragging on them for as long as physically possible. Although, if they go out in uh, 11th place, I will love you forever. I wonder if... Maybe they didn't want teams to have life jackets at all, because then with having 12 teams that with Sabrina and Opie doing the task, that it would have been a really quick way to just go down to 10 teams. Well, it'd go down to 11 teams, because then you'd have a, a strangers team of Simi and Nick. Yeah, they could pair up, you know, the blind date twist, just back like that. When um, Opie jumped in and um, his, his daughter was looking at him, and he was, he wasn't swimming very well by any means. And she said, she yelled out that typical American Canadian phrase, you got this. And I'm thinking, what has he got? Is he got 
that he's going to be drowning soon? Because I was so panicked. I thought, what has he got? I thought, oh, he's going to drown. It was really sweet when she shouted that he's her hero, though. Yeah, and a drama was... queen. <laughs> also, Sabrina's noises when she jumps off the diving board. <laughs> Demonstrate. Go. I had to watch this scene a couple of times just because it's so funny. <laughs> it's just kind of a really guttural noise that she made as soon as she not even jumped off the diving board, fell off the diving board because she sort of inched her way out. And then it's just like, Aah! It was funny, yes. <laughs> oh, only tops for me by Cynthia's face on the cargo net and also how many times Cynthia fell off that log. Because oh. it just kept coming. Oh, she would have been in so much pain. She would have black bruises. There was because you know carrying the extra weight and you know just banging down on that log so so hard. She would have been in so much pain the next day. I, I, we're going to see in the next episode if she can actually move properly. <laughs> My favourite ones were the ones where she basically did the splits on the log and also got about a foot away from being able to jump over to the. Um, to the platform and then hit her head. If we could have gifts as banners, we would for that. She actually got to the other side at one point and then slid off. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, you poor woman. She got to the other side and then hit her head oh. and sort of collapsed. It was such a James Miller way to do it. Say this similar challenge in Survivor Palau with going across the rolling barrels and then James Miller got all the way across and was like, hit feet, his feet hit the side and then had a brutal uh, collision. And then Cynthia pretty much did the same thing. Oh, it was just glorious. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And once teams complete this roadblock, uh, they find that they must head to Centre Courts on the Ekander Centre to find John at the pit stop. The last team to check in here may be eliminated. And more BMO advertisements in the background. So we had the lady that gave out the clue that was wearing the BMO shirt. And then Neil and Kristen's intro, there was BMO logos in there. CFL Stadium everywhere, and now at the Air Canada Centre, there's BMO logos there too, so the advertising wasn't exactly uh, too subtle, especially when the word on Scrambler was to essentially get their clue and to be able to use their uh, BMO uh, uh, cash cards. In three seasons, we've had three different money sponsors, so you know it must be a one-year contract where they say you've got to do as much advertising as possible because they're probably not renewing it. Who knew the money sponsor would be too cheap to renew for a second season? Exactly. What is Scotiabank going to do with all their massive adverts that we saw last year? Because there were some pretty big adverts for the Scotiabank Gold American Express card last year. Well, I think maybe they invest something in Greece, and then right now Greece is having a problem, and then they have a problem as well. So in first place, sadly... Gino and Jesse, the worst. But on the plus side, they win flights to Brazil. Like always, plays about Gino and Jesse, and then the worst. Always for Mike. <laughs> <It's like laughs> well, it works. It works because it's first the worst, second the best, and you know, first was the worst, and second was awesome. It's Nick and Sabrina. But Gino and Jesse win flights to Brazil, two and a half million petrol points, which is worth six months of free petrol apparently, and no express pass. <laughs> Hashtag Volda Mussolini. I write in my notes, no express pass, as I know Logan favorited that tweet. Genuine quote from my notes. Not for much longer. They, they just remind me so much of Daniel and Ryan from the Aussie race in the last season. Which I one? just I can't get them out of my head. Daniel and Ryan, the winners. They're Daniel and Ryan if, they ha if instead of no personality, they were just the worst. 
to, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel and Ryan are better. Well, yes, yes. Because Daniel and Ryan are actually going to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael, what if you have to eat your words? What if they win? Seriously, we have to do something here. If they win, you will what? If if they win, then I will still not refer to it at all oh, and call it. this season the worst one of all time. No, I want I want something physical to be posted. <laughs> I want you to do something. <laughs> yeah, not, it's not, not going to happen. Not like the ice bucket challenge, but something else. Something I don't know. <laughs> How about? <laughs> If they win, we try and pursue them for an interview. Oh. You know what? That would be your goal, Michael. Go because that will be so unbelievably awkward. <laughs> like you want to talk to them, but at the same time you hate them. No, I really don't want to talk to them. And bear in mind, I, I didn't say that I would be a part of the interview. Maybe maybe, maybe later in the episode they will become um, some kind of uh, you know aggressive themes. If, they, if it, it reaches to the point that they become... Um, Hateful towards other, other teams, then I would probably have something nasty to say to them. But for now, I have nothing to say because um, apparently they just raise um, pretty normal for me. Yeah, they're they're just the worst. Okay, okay. So you know, proceed to second place. Uh, Hamilton and oh no no no, Nick and Sabrina in second place. Wasn't expecting that. I guess that's <laughs> when you have so many equalizers that really the only deviation of difficulty for this whole round that determined well essentially the whole outcome for this leg was the TSN task, like whoever whoever uh, was first out of there was going to go on to win the leg, and then whoever was finishing near the bottom were just going to have to fight it out for last. Yeah, to be fair to Nick and Sabrina, he kicked ass on the uh, the first roadblock, and she didn't do too badly on the second one. Yeah, she sort of cried and whined a little bit on having to do, go over the cargo net, but actually nobody passed her. She did do pretty decently for it. You know what's crazy, too, about the TSN task is that... Because TSN airs the reruns of Amazing Race Canada, like, I think they re-aired the season premiere on TSN today. And they do this every week, like, they even air older seasons on there at times. So, and the fact that it it would be like if CBS, with the next season of Amazing Race in the States, if they had a task at CBS headquarters, it just, it just wouldn't fly, I don't think it would fly down there at all, but... But somehow, uh, TSN gets away with it here in Canada. Third was Brent and Sean. Fourth was Hamilton and Michaela. Fifth was Simeon OP. Sixth was Nick and Matt. Uh, seventh was Dana and Manda. Eighth was Dijon and Leilani. Brent's interior ninth. Tenth was Neil and Kristen. And eleventh was Susan and Shanjeet, which left Max and Elias. My preseason prediction as eliminated. And boo! Boo indeed. This guy was the one who was doing the roadblocks at the TSM task, and I think he he said he has a seizure. I don't know what kind of Dys- disease. Dyslexia. He's dyslexia. dyslexia. Yeah, he's dyslexia. That, that, that's why he kind of struggled a bit um, during the roadblock. It's, you know, pretty sad to see. Which is a bit sad if, if that's yeah. what he has, and, you know, that's the problem. Yeah. The worst thing is I can't even defend them because they should have realised... If it's at TSN, it isn't going to actually be a physical task, is it? But I mean, just in the moment, mm. the task said, who's feeling sporty? I mean, that that just seems like bait to trick the dyslexic <laughs> professional athlete to do a reading task. Okay, yeah. so can you think about other alternative way to say that? Uh, apart from, are you feeling sporty? What do you suggest, Morgan? 
Uh, I, I don't know, just something that hints at some, for, so, some sort of literacy being involved, I guess. Who really wants to meet James Duthie? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Who doesn't have uh, dyslexia? Who can read this clue would be so cruel as well. It's like, well, I wonder what the task is going to be. Um, yeah, now the bit where the rug was pulled under me, because I did write down no express passing capitals with about five exclamation marks when the worst checks in. And yeah, the last words, and I quote, for a pair of express passes. And my exact reaction was very, very sweary. I am not going to lie. I'll censor it for you. No, 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 no. What the? What the? What the? What are you doing to me, I believe, was in my uh, my swearing at them. Uh, so, next time, Chile, uh, feuding between the X's, paragliding, the lanking, and a uh, double express pass. Are you kidding me? Is there going to be the face-off, though? Because what surprised me is that I thought with having 12 teams uh, race this season that I said, well, with the face-off, they needed an even number of teams to start out, so that's why they expanded to 12. But there was nothing. No, they they don't need an even number of teams because it's just one team stays, one team goes. Oh, it's like single elimination. You just play through the whole bracket, essentially. Yeah. So, like, the first two teams will face off and then the loser of that will go against the third team and so on. But I suspect that we won't see the double battle till at least the third leg. Because it's a country... I'm not going to say what because we've got in trouble for accidental spoilers before. But... It's a country where there's a lot of potential for them to do the sort of stereotypical tasks that they like to do as a double battle. And language barrier, don't forget. And a language barrier. Have anyone been to Chile? No. Never been to South America. Also, what on earth with the Lion King? What Lion King? What? In the Next Time trailer, it looked like Dijon was dressed out of something from the Lion King. Oh, maybe it's a traditional dance or whatever. <laughs> it genuinely looked like something you would see in... Uh, in the musical version of The Lion King. It's like, um, it, reminds me, it reminds me in um, the US uh, Amazing Race season 18, the unfinished task where they, in Brazil, I guess, where the club wrote dancing along with the crowds. I think they're doing the same thing, yeah, maybe. The salsa task. I've got a question. I've got okay. a question. I went on the, um, the Canada Amazing Race page and a lot of people were complaining about not having races from all the provinces. Now, when yeah. we had when we had the Aussie race, okay. they didn't have teams from every state or every territory. Now, f- for me, I don't care if there isn't anybody from my state or my city. I go for the team. Why are all these people going on about having to have someone from every province. I'm just not like that. Is that is that coming from like a sporting background, like you've got to follow somebody? Because I just follow like a team that I like. I don't care where they're from. What are you guys like with that? Yeah, I don't get it either, particularly. Um, it's really... been like this for all three seasons. I think with being the Canadian, I'll try to... Maybe I can come up with an answer here, but... As Chief Canadian Correspondent. Yeah, yeah the but... Chief Canadian Correspondent, the CCC... Um, um, I, I, do, I can't quite figure it out because there's even really specific complaints like there's been somebody who said, oh, there's nobody from southwestern Manitoba, which is a very, it's not only a province, but it would be like a region within a province. And it's crazy, too, because there are a ton of people who specifically want a team to represent the prairies beyond just Brian and Cynthia. But on the other hand, if Brian and Cynthia was the only team picked from the prairies, then there was probably nobody really to choose from to begin with. 
But I I would like to see someone from Nunavut to race in the race, you know. That would be pretty sweet if but I I know there are a few people who have applied from the territories, but I would they probably have a selection of about ten teams and if none of them meet the requirement to be on T V then it'll probably be just sitting at zero. But I think it would be pretty awesome if they did find somebody from way up north and like in a calculator or something like that. Yeah. Just looking at the Amazing Race Canada uh, Facebook page, Nick Lamonica and Sabrina Mercury, I can't stand that winny idiot woman. Why did you sign up for the show if all you're going to do is cry? Why did Amazing Race choose such a team? There are plenty of others you could have chosen. I fast forward my PVR every time I see that Mercury girl. It's because you didn't send the application. Come on. <laughs> well, I know why they picked her. She's entertaining. Yeah, she can't do things, but she's entertaining. And what these people have to understand is, like Logan said, if there's no one good from a province, they're not going to pick someone for the sake of picking somebody. Mm-hmm. They're just going to, they have to pick whoever's, you know, the best for the race. And these, these people drive me crazy. Well, that's, that's <laughs> pretty much say about the personality in the certain province. They don't have any specific characteristic that is um, viewable in TV, especially the reality shows. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Now, a couple of people were asking why I hate the Double Express Pass. Why? Basically, I don't hate the Express Pass at all. The Express Pass is alright on its own. If it's just one Express Pass, it's fine, because it's usually earned as part of a task or winning a leg, and it's the rightful prize and that sort of stuff. The double Express Pass forces alliances onto a season. That's the thing. If they, if producers don't have the faith in their casting or the show itself to let it run organically and have to introduce an alliance into it, then it's not a good idea, and it really doesn't bode well for the season if they don't have the faith in their season as a whole and the people in their season to basically let it run. That's my gripe, because it just doesn't sit well. So you prefer not having Express Pass? Yeah, I, ultimately I prefer not having the Express Pass, but I don't mind having a single Express Pass like we did in Season 26. I didn't mind that Jaylani and Jenny had that Express Pass. I don't care about Express Pass as long as they have U-turn or Yield. My preferred option would be the Express Pass being given out on a uh, an additional task, like they were going to do with the save last season. That would be better for me. Because as we discussed with Mike and Rochelle, as neither of us actually knew, um, the save was available on the first tie leg if a team did a forcible U-turn. If they completed both sides of a detour, the first team to do it got a save, and nobody did it. Say, um, if, they, if they put a twist... On the first, on the very first episode, um, they put a U-turn. You know what? What would happen? Now, what they should have done is they should introduce the must-vote U-turn and make sure that Gino and Jesse get it every time. <laughs> All right then. What are our predictions for next week then? My prediction will next week will be. Um, I think Gino and Jesse will still be in the race. Uh, Sabrina, Sabrina will scream or cry at something else. Definitely. And um, Dujan and Leilani will pull each other's hair. Oh, Dujan doesn't have any hair. Uh, Brandon, Brandon and Sean will cry in the street. Maybe they will struggle, but... Um, they kind of remind me some... The team from The Amazing Race 9. Uh, the the one that got eliminated in Brazil. Lisa and Johnny. No, 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 not, not Lisa and Johnny. The other guy. The, the first one got eliminated. John and Scott? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the, they got eliminated in Brazil in the football field. I'm predicting Cynthia will be limping. I hope she's okay, but, you know, I'm predicting she's not going to be normal. But who she does have technique. Yes? Michelle, who is your favourite team 
so far? I don't. I never have a favorite this early. I need to get you know like three episodes in before I warm to a team. The one that got your attention in the first episode. Hmm. <laughs> well, obviously right. Sabrina, but <laughs> they're not my favorite team. So um, yeah, look, I don't really have one. I don't mind Hamilton and uh, Michaela or Michaela, whatever it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, but. You know, I don't know how they're going to fare, really. Obviously, before the next episode, we'll do another set of power rankings. And I'll probably cock it up again this week, let's be honest. <laughs> I think Dujan and Leilani will probably be out next week. Because isn't Chile, aren't they going to be an area in the Andes? Because Leilani has inhalers with her on the race. And if it's a high altitude and there's lots of running, she's not going to be able to handle it too well. I'm pretty sure they're going to Santiago. So yeah, overall, who's going to be eliminated? Your guess. I I will I will still choose uh, Brian and Cynthia. Yeah, I think Brian and Cynthia might go. Although in my power rankings, Dino and Jesse will be last because they are the worst. Oh my gosh! I think they will be first again. They will be like Mark and Robinson. <laughs> they'll be top three. I'm pretty sure they'll be top three. Yeah, they look like Spanish, Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the names, Zeno and Jesse. Come on, Montani. They're Italian Canadian, actually. <laughs> uh, Italian Spanish, they can speak. You know, they can understand each other. We don't actually know whether Gino and Jesse speak Italian, by the way. The only team that actually said in their bios that they speak Spanish is Nick and Sabrina. So, you know, yay, Nick and Sabrina. Hopefully you kick ass. But yeah, my my preferred option is Gino and Jesse going home next week, and then whoever wins the Double Express Pass gets eliminated in 10th place without handing out the Double Express Pass, so that we can just be rid of it this season. But I don't think that's going to happen. Plot twist, someone will be medivac. Dun, dun, dun. No one is going to pull a, uh, a Sean off of Jen. Maybe someone will struggle with the high altitude. They have to paraglide and stuff, and they suffocate for, for, for a breathe. Please, please let Sabrina get the paragliding because I just want to see her scream over Chile. <laughs> Chile, Chile. Oh, it's going to be so tragic. <laughs> so yeah, anything else to say about this this week before we sign off? It should have been 90 minutes long. One hour for 12 teams and a ton of tasks made it go by really fast. For A lot of it was just summary for the most so part, I think. But I, I will remember their names. Until now, I, I have to look at the photos to actually remember their names. Yeah, it was way too rushed. I don't like how rushed that premiere was. And I actually wouldn't have griped too much if they would have done two premiere episodes, each with six teams, and just done an Israel. Eliminated one team at the end of each leg. I like how the two Atlantic Canada teams, the true Atlantic Canada teams, weren't really shown at all. So, so much for them being all excited to be represented this season. Nick and Matt and Dana and Amanda were both by far the two most invisible teams for the for the premiere. Yeah, they really were, actually. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week for another Amazing Race Canada recap podcast. If you enjoyed the show, and if you didn't, please give us a like on YouTube or on iTunes. You can subscribe. And if you want to see what we're rambling about this week, our Twitters are in the description down below. Also, if you missed our interview with Michael Michelle from Major Race 26, that's also available on the iTunes. Thank you again. Hashtag tier 5 hashtag ginger ninja, hashtag yattencast, hashtag super kawaki. Peace. Peace out. Eat sound. Bye. Bye.